I'm Liam Printer, and this is The Motivated Classroom. Hola, bonjour, falta, and welcome to The Motivated Classroom podcast. This is episode five already, where we are going to talk about relatedness and building relationships. But first, a little bit of Irish, of course. So to say hello in Irish, you say Gia Gwich, which translates as may God be with you. Yes, we are a Christian Catholic country, so there is references to God all over our language, um, just like in many other languages, actually. So Gia Gwich is may God be with you. And to respond, you're supposed to say Gia Smurgwich, which translates may God and Mary be with you. And then you can kind of have some fun with it. You can just throw in any saint's name after that and you can say, well, Gius Maris Joseph, which, which is like, may God and Mary and Joseph be with you. So you can just keep adding on the saints. We like to talk in Ireland. So yeah, there you go. Gius is to say hello and you're supposed to respond with Gius Maris We'll go over that at the end again. So thank you for downloading. And today, as I say, we're going to talk about relatedness and relationships. Now, what is the difference between those or is there a difference? Relationships are something that are built up over time, you know, with a different person or with a group of people. And of course, relatedness is very, very similar, but it's more to do with a sense of inclusion, belonging. And you can have relatedness to things and activities and places as opposed to relationships are usually with people, but they are they massively overlap in the literature to do with self-determination theory and motivation. In general, we deal with and we talk about relatedness as opposed to relationships because it's it's a little bit different. So how do we go about building relatedness in our classrooms? Well, one of the best things to do, and it was recently that um, the author Adriana Ramirez, look up her, her Spanish books, they're really great. She spoke about making sure that you're willing to be vulnerable in front of your kids, in front of your class. And I thought it was a great way of saying it. She essentially means that you should allow yourself to portray yourself as as not perfect and knowing everything, but to be able to show that, you know, you have bad days too and you don't like these foods or you, you dislike these things that happen or you, you know, you feel like you're having a bad hair day on that day. But to be kind of vulnerable and talk about forgetting things and show them your errors, the students really like that. And bizarrely, they really remember this stuff. So I feel like when I was in school, the teachers didn't really want to tell us much about their personal lives, which I can understand, (laughs) to be honest. But I think that that is changing a bit now. And I think if you're willing to open up a little bit with your students with some personal things to do with family or hobbies or places you like to go or pets, they really thrive on that and they feel like you're talking to them as a real person. Like if you show them a picture from your summer holidays or you talk to them about your pet or your kids, your favourite food, your favourite YouTube video, they will really remember this stuff and they'll bring it up with you later again, which is I always find fascinating the stuff that they they take in. Or if you say the most boring stuff, like, for example, I, I was talking to them and just saying, you know, yesterday I went to the supermarket and I really wanted to get some apples. But when I got there, there was no apples. We just we had to buy pears. That is a boring story. But the students remember that and they'll come in the next day and go, oh, how are the pears? Did you like them? No apples and apple today, sir. It's just hilarious that these the most boring things in our life they find really interesting. Using a funny picture from your holidays is is a great way to build relationships or from anything actually doesn't need to be a holiday. But the one I used was from when I was traveling. 
So we were in Mexico and we went um, up to the top of this mountain where you hike up and there's an incredible, beautiful, natural thermal bath. And there's a snap of me trying to dive into this thermal bath, but getting it drastically wrong. And the picture is just at the perfect time of my amazing belly flop. Um, Now you have to imagine my very white Irish pasty skin belly flopping into a Mexican thermal bath and the reaction that that created uh, to the local Mexicans, family goers and my fiance. So this uh, picture is is great. And I what I do is a little um, listen and draw with my students. So I talk to them about it and I describe exactly what's going on in the picture. And there's someone jumping, they're going in, this is happening, the uh, colour of the water, where it is, and they draw it all out. And then at the very end, I'll show them the picture and they'll all gasp to hear that it was actually me and they'll have a good laugh. And they remember that picture and will talk to me about it in oral exams three years later. It's it's fascinating. And opening up to the students about parts of your own life that are funny and things that have happened to you, really you can create these great relationships. And by keeping everything guarded and not telling them about your family or pets or your sports that you like, well, they kind of make it up for themselves then. And I, I remember really clearly my first ever teaching job. Now, my first ever teaching job in a secondary school, I was actually unqualified, as in I had done a degree in languages, but I had not done a teacher training program. Now, we're going back quite a long time, about 15 years in Ireland here. At the time, if the school was not able to find a substitute teacher who was qualified, but you had a degree in that subject, you could do short term substitute teaching. So I was straight out of college and had done a degree with French and Spanish and business, actually, and decided that I would try and do some substitute teaching, got a role in an all boys school close to me. So I was only about 22, had never learned any pedagogy or how to be a teacher. But I threw myself into the classroom and just decided I'd do what other teachers had done. And that was fine. Now, it actually went pretty well. It was it was an amazing experience. And talk about a baptism by fire, just learning on the job big time. But I'll never forget so clearly in one of the classes I was leading, a student put up his hand. Um, let's call him Niall. He put up his hand. He was a really funny guy. And at the time, my teaching was very much focused on a textbook and chapter by chapter because I had no idea what I was doing and I was pretty scared. So I just wanted to go along with the book. So he was naturally fairly bored. I don't blame him, to be honest. And so I'm there teaching away and he he's just had a funny face. He was hilarious. He would just make me laugh all the time. And it was really difficult because I'd often have to just turn around to the board and get my giggles out and then turn back. And he could he knew this. So one day I'm teaching away and then he says, he puts his hand up and I'm like, Niall, you have a question? And he says, sir. Now he's a real West of Ireland guy and this is how his accent was. And he says, sir, do you have a sister? And I said, excuse me, Niall, that's that's absolutely none of your business. Now I think you need to get on with your worksheet. So two minutes later, he did not do any more of his worksheet. The hand goes up slowly again. Niall, you have a question? Yeah, sir, just wondering now, do you have a sister? And of course, it's an all boys school. You're wondering, where is this going? There's other teach- there's other students listening in, of course, and you're just getting a bit nervous and about how to deal with this. So again, I kind of say, now, look, it really is none of your business and I, I don't think we should continue with this conversation. And then he goes, OK. One minute later, the hand goes up. Sir, I, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just wondering if you have a sister. And I said, now, look, it really doesn't matter whether I have one sister or two sisters or what her name is. You need to get on with your work. 
And then he puts up his hand and he goes, oh, so you do have a sister. And of course, then the class started laughing. And I said, yes, Niall, I have a sister, but it really is not relevant at this stage. Remember now that he was only about six years younger than me. He was about 16 and I was only about 22 at the time. So he finally puts his hand up once more and he says, so I'm just wondering if her name is Adele. And then I was like, Adele? No, her, her name's not Adele. And now this is really not appropriate to be talking about my sister. We, we, this, we, I think you should get on with your work. And, you know, my kind of blood pressure is rising at this stage. I don't know where this is going. And the class are kind of starting to laugh a little bit. And then he says, oh, it's just because, like, if her name was Adele, then she'd be Adele Printer. And he just burst out laughing, as did the class, as did I. So that was a really good example, because obviously Dell is a make of computer. My name is Printer, and it was a Dell Printer. Quite clever. He had thought of this himself, learned no French. But anyway, he had made me laugh, and our relationship was stronger for that. Now, of course, I feel it's better now in my further experience 15 years later to tell students a bit more about myself and make up things and let them figure out what is a joke and what is not. So what are the ways we can build relatedness and relationships in our classroom? Well, in the research, it says to us that really students' sense of belonging at school is grown and fostered when we do cooperative learning strategies, especially when a group is working towards a common goal. So if you listen to the last episode about building a character, an invisible character through the one word image, if you haven't gone back and have a listen to it, that really is all with the student's input and it's a common goal. So there's a lot of relationships being built because they've built it together. Now, there's also a meta-analysis report that shows when students have an enhanced perception of this feeling of relatedness, they're more likely to participate, they're more likely to exert more effort and to show positive attitudes to other people. So it's really important. And one of the things that is crucial for enhancing students' relatedness is, of course, teacher support. And this is all borne out in the research about teaching and motivation. So how do we do that? Well, by conveying warmth, care, respect and appreciation for students, the research tells us that teachers can help the students to feel a greater sense of belonging when we do that. And really, the relatedness is further developed when there are co-creative activities, when we do things together. So in order to build more relatedness, self-determination theory of motivation and the huge, vast amounts of robust research around this when it comes with to education says that what we really need to do is autonomy supportive teaching. So again, you can go back and listen to episode number three, which is about autonomy. The good thing is, is autonomy supportive teaching can be learned and we can improve it and it will build relationships. So how do we do that? Well, according to a recent meta-analysis by Dinser et al. Uh, 2019, as well as some other studies that I will put up on my program notes page on my website, Teachers are recommended to do the following to build these relationships. Provide choices, use non-controlling language and directives, plan activities that encourage social interactions, clearly explain the use and benefit of tasks you're doing, be responsive and empathetic, acknowledge students' feelings, emphasise and praise when they're really being involved in the class in a positive way, make sure you praise them when they're listening actively and try and bring some humour into the lessons. All of this helps and if you encourage their effort and persistent, persistence and show care for them, you are building relationships. Whew, a lot of stuff, right? That is a lot of stuff that us teachers have to get right. So are there particular 
strategies or examples that we can do right from the off that will help this? Well, the good news is, yes, there are many things we can do that will help to build relatedness. And I think it's also important to state here that when you build relatedness in your class, you're also fostering well-being. Now, we don't have control about what is going on in a student's life at home in many cases. And in many cases, students come to us and we may be their refuge for the day. We may be their chance to get away from stuff that's going on outside of the school walls. So that relationship is really, really keen. And we can really build their sense of well-being if they feel like they belong and feel a sense of inclusion in our classroom. And that leads on to maximising their chance for achievement. So we're helping all of those things. So here are some examples of relationship building things that I like to do in my classroom. First and foremost, a very straightforward one, greeting students at the door between classes. I appreciate this can be difficult uh, depending on if you're getting your room ready or whatever it may be. So what I have my students do quite simply is line up outside the door uh, and wait until I come to greet them to come in. Now, something I introduced a couple of years ago is the contraseña. Contraseña in Spanish means the password and it changes every week and it's different for every class. So a password is just a word. It could be a phrase as well, but they need to say that in order to be allowed into the class. At the beginning, I control that. So I stand and I get them to repeat it and then they'll translate it for me into English and then they'll enter into my classroom and they know then that they're stepping in, but they also quite like it. But then after about a week or two, I give someone the job of being Mr. or Mrs. Password and I just tell them and they have to pass it around to the whole class and make sure it's right. And then another person has a job of being the controller of that. So one person is outside telling everyone, guys, the password to get in is disco or whatever maybe not disco <laughs> because it's pretty much the same in every language but I don't know whatever blackboard uh, or whiteboard or whatever it may be and they need to say that word to get into the class it's usually to do with what we're that unit that we're on the other student is standing just inside the door and is checking that the students say it correctly and translate it and of course you're walking around and making sure that it, that it's happening so that's contraseña and that does build a sense of relationship and belonging to your room because it's a bit different. Second, when they come in, I usually have music playing with the lyrics up on the board. You can find the lyrics on YouTube. Obviously, you choose an appropriate song and they will be listening to music and reading the lyrics while they're doing their starter activity. So that just shows them they're in Spanish class. It's different. We're in Spanish. So they're a couple of nice ones to start. The next one I like to use a lot of with my students to build relationships is what is called personal questions and answers. You'll often see this just referred to as PQA. So, for example, I was doing a story recently with my level three class and the key structures in the story I was trying to get across were he returned it to her or to him. She forgot to open it and seemed strange to her. So they were my three chunks or blocks of language that I was, they were the key structures of my story. It was all about Basically, like, um, you know, the film Despicable Me, there was a despicable man and he lived next door to this really innocent, lovely little cute girl. But he was trying to destroy her life. And so he was giving her, you know, silly packages that had dynamite in it or that had a poisoned apple. And she kept giving it back to him because he was so despicable. Um, And her teacher thought this wasn't a good idea. You must return it. So the whole story went along with she returned it to him. She forgot to open it. 
Uh, it seems strange to her that she was getting these gifts from Mr. Despicable, her neighbour next door. And they, they like that because it's along with the film Despicable Me. It's actually a script I got from Martina Bay at comprehensibleclassroom.com. She's wonderful resources. Definitely check that out. And thank you, Martina, for a great script that works so well with so many different students. So these were my structures. And now they're quite difficult in any language. And so to practice these or to kind of um, get the repetitions out of it that we need, we were doing personal questions and answers with this. So, for example, have you ever returned an item you bought? Who did you return it to? Why did you return it? Did you ever return something that you got from a friend? Have you ever forgotten to return something? And they love these little conversations. Oh, yeah. Do you have someone who never returns your stuff? Oh, yeah, he always borrows it and never returns it. And so you're getting all those repetitions and you do the same type thing of seems strange to her. So what seems strange to you? Does it seem strange to you that teachers take a long time to correct the work? Is it strange to you that we have a bell that goes off at this time, but it doesn't go off at that time? For example, whatever it may be, these are personal questions and answers. And you will learn so much about the students. And I would say at that point, don't be afraid to let the lesson plan go a bit out the window. As long as you are getting lots of structures and conversations with this, they may may be really interesting that they bought some jumper and tried to return it and it never happened. And then they tried to return it and it never happened. They're still practicing those target structures. Another one that is really great for building relationships is what is called the special person interview. This is a favourite that is used by many comprehensible input teachers. And the way I like to do it is I will always start with a picture of uh, one of my pets, if I had any pets. Um, So I'd start with a picture of myself, maybe as a baby. But if you have a pet, they love that or as a child and put it on a chair and then they will interview you and your past self or they will interview your pet and they come up with the questions and you're just trying to learn stuff. It starts with the most basic stuff like what's your name? Where are you from? Uh, What's your favourite foods? Do you have a nickname? Is there another name you like to be called or prefer to be called? Do you have a favourite sport? And then it goes on from there. And then you try and get into more nitty gritty questions like, you know, what superpower would you have? Is there what is the most disgusting thing you've ever seen someone eat or whatever it may be? It doesn't matter if you have difficult structures like what would you be? Oh, that's conditional tense. I can't do that till year three or four. You can do that in the first class with the first students if you need to. Just show them that one structure. You can leave it at that. What would you be? What would your superpower be? So you start with yourself. Then once it becomes more comfortable and the students see how it works, you then go to the students. So the next person will be one of your students. They will be interviewed by the class and you bring out the teacher's chair to the middle of the room and they get to sit in it. And we all learn about that student. And you will see, you will have volunteers for this. They will want to do this. The great part about this is you are learning stuff about the class. So how we do it is you break it up into five minute slots. So for five minutes, you're asking questions of the special student. They can also be called the star of the week, for example, and they're responding. And then you are turning to the class and checking understanding and making sure that they understand what's going on and asking someone, is he from Belgium or is he from the Netherlands? No, he's from Belgium, but his mum is English. Yes, correct, correct. So is his mum English or his dad English? No, his mum's English. So you're doing all those repetitions and you may only get through three or four things. Five minutes is up. Then in pairs, they have to write bullet points about what they learned about that student and it must match. So they're testing each other to get the right sentence structure. You're walking around and checking it's okay. 
there might be keywords on the wor- on the board that they need, like went or had or stuff like that, so they can write the sentences. The student who is the special person also writes this, but writes it in the I form. And the person beside them writes it in the to form. Again, you may need to be beside them and helping those two in particular if they're not really familiar with the I and to form. But remember, at this stage, if it's low level acquisition, if they're only in their first or second year, it's okay to have lots of errors there. They're just trying to show that they're understanding and they're picking up new words bit by bit. I also have my students doing jobs at this point. So you may have someone who is a writer and someone who is a drawer when the special person interview is going on. They could be writing it on a Google Doc or on the board. The drawer could be drawing out some important things from that person's life. And then you build it into assessments. So you may have comparisons between um, two of your students who've been interviewed and that might form part of your assessment to see that the students are listening. And at that way, they start to learn that, oh, if I listen in class, I'm going to do okay in the assessments. And the whole point of this is to get them to listen intently so they know that every activity could be assessed. But they're really learning about their classmates and really interesting things about them that they would never would have known. Other things I like to do, really simple stuff for relatedness is obviously give high fives, but give high fours, high twos, high threes. Just push out your fingers and they touch the tips of your fingers with the tips of their fingers. They find this really funny um, and it's like a high three is for something, a high five is extra special. Other things would be allow your lesson plan to go out the window to learn about the students. If they come in one day with crutches or there's a cut on their arm or they have a new school bag that you've noticed, allow the lesson to go down that path to learn about them. Of course, one of the most important parts about relatedness and relationships is to be fair, but strict when you need to be. So if things are getting out of hand, you show them the class constitution. Just go back and listen to episode two class constitution and respect and you make sure things don't go out of hand and that you respect each other. And if someone mentions an activity like quite an unusual activity, let's say that they are really into playing, I don't know, chess or they they like um, bowling or something that maybe others don't. And if they gets a snigger, you must deal with that right at that moment. And you must say, we need to have a conversation after class. You came up with the rules for the class and that is not part of respect. Those type of things you must not allow to get out of control because that shows that you care about all the students equally and that you want them to be respected in the class. And that student who you have the conversation with will also respect you more and have a good relationship with you for that, I believe. I actually read a book this summer um, by a woman called Elizabeth Acevedo. It's called Poet X. It's about a young black female poet uh, growing up in the United States, but who is originally from the Dominican Republic and who speaks Spanish at home. And just her kind of struggles uh, going through teenage life being a black female poet certainly opened up my eyes in a huge way to what women have to go through all the time and, and just things that are said to them that is just so awful. But apart from that, there it's a great, great book. I highly recommend it, especially if you teach Spanish. You can read it in English or Spanish. There's a really powerful part that runs the whole way through the book, which is essentially her relationship with one of her teachers and how strong it is and the importance of that teacher in her life and the fact that the teacher noticed when she was down and the teacher encouraged her to get into poetry because she comes from quite a strict family and her home life was not great. And it really made me think that the relationships we build with those students are just so vital. We may be the only 
part of their day that they feel comfortable in or we may be the only part where they get to laugh and joke around. So it's really important, those relationships. So that brings us to the end of this episode on relationships and relatedness and how we can build that in our classroom. So do check out the programme notes on my website, liamprinter.com forward slash podcast. And you will see all of the notes there and the links to the different things I'm talking about. In the last episode, I mentioned that I wasn't going to have any sponsorship or adverts on this podcast. Since then, quite a few people have been in touch with me and recommended I set up a Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. It's essentially kind of like a crowdsourcing funding page for creators and it allows people to become patrons of their work whether that's their art or their podcast or their music or whatever it may be. Now please it's really important if you don't want to do that and you want to keep listening for free for whatever reason that is absolutely okay and please continue to listen for free and tell your friends about it but if you feel like you might buy me a drink or a coffee if you saw me once a month Well, that would be lovely and I'd most appreciate it. The important thing is you keep listening. So yeah, thanks for those people who suggested the the Patreon format. It sounds like a pretty cool idea. Thank you very much for listening. We will end with the bit of Irish we started with, which was Giaguich to say hello. And remember to say your response to that would be Giaismurguich. May God and Mary be with you. Slána Walia Macorja. The Motivated Classroom podcast is an original production by Liam Printer. I'm at Liam Printer on Twitter and my YouTube channel is Liam Printer The Motivated Classroom. Full podcast notes with links to resources are available on my website, liamprinter.com. For more, find and follow The Motivated Classroom podcast on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Graphics and music are provided by Paul Mahan. Intro clips are thanks to the wonderful multilingual staff at the International School of Lausanne.